This is episode number 56 with Susie Tong Parikh, the founder of Mini Ruby. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, and welcome back. If you are new to the show, I'm so happy you are joining us today. And if you've been tuning in each and every week, so happy you are here. This is a holiday week in the United States. That is if you are tuning in the week of Thanksgiving, and I wish you all a very peaceful, joyful, safe holiday. And also hoping that if you need a little bit of inspiration or distraction in a positive way, that the show brings you some joy this week. So joining us today is a female entrepreneur and her name is Susie Tong Parikh. She was an investment banker whose kids had gone off to school and she knew that she wanted to have something of her own. And she launched a company called Mini Ruby, which is an online retailer of fine contemporary children's wear for girls and boys and babies. And so today we are hearing about her entrepreneurial journey how she's balancing being a mom and an entrepreneur and all the things. So whether you've wanted to start your own business, whether selling products or services, I hope that you enjoy today's conversation. Let's get into the show. Welcome, Susie. Thank you for joining me today. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for having me on your show. So I... Um, I'm intrigued by what you're doing and would love to just kick it off by asking you to take a minute to introduce yourself and help us understand what led you into the world of selling contemporary children's clothing. Sure. Happy to do that. Um, I am Susie Tong Parikh, and I run Mini Ruby Contemporary Children's Wear at miniruby.com. And we're an online kids clothing site for girls, boys, and babies from newborn to teen sizes. We carry over 90 brands of kids' clothes from everyday clothes for school and play uh, to special occasion dresses, holiday dresses, winter coats, sports, and ski wear. Uh, we also carry shoes and accessories, and we continue to add new brands every season. Um, and that's pretty much Mini Ruby in a nutshell. Um, prior to that, um, I worked in finance for uh, most of my 20s and early 30s. Um, and then after I stepped off that career track, I had my two kids and at, at a certain point, I, the kids were in school and I wanted to get back to work. Um, but investment banking was, um, at that time, sort of a daunting, um, uh, segue back into the, into the, the working world, given the time commitment and the travel. And so I decided I wanted to start my own business and kids clothing is something that, um, I spent a lot of time looking at um, trying to find cute outfits for my kids, and mm. and that's how I that's how I uh, started Mini Ruby. 
So that's really interesting. And I think that there's a lot of women who think, gosh, I'd love to start an online children's brand. <laughs> you know, they <laughs> may ha- they may like children's clothes or just fashion in general or want to start something entrepreneurial. But the act of actually launching it versus just thinking about it is a whole other ball game. So let's dive a little deeper into your story. So um, did you think that there was a need in the marketplace in terms of what you were creating or um, was it more just of a passion of like, yeah, I like children's clothes. Let's start here. Um, the first step was, um, you know, when my kids were in preschool, two and four years old, again, wanting to get back to work um, and wanting to start a business. So that was um, my first idea. Um, and then I asked myself, well, what kind of business do I want to start? And um, kids clothing, like I said earlier, was something that I spent a lot of time looking at and thinking about and am very passionate about. Um, and so to marry those two ideas together, starting a kids clothing business um, just sounded like a great idea and something that I would really love doing. Um, and at the time, there were, you know, a handful of national brands, big box brands, big box stores, and they sell wonderful and great clothes. But I was looking for something a little different, um, something with a little bit more of a contemporary styling. Um, and um, I discovered some really great um, boutique brands, um, you know, in my neighborhood and back in New York where we moved up from. Um, and I had always loved those brands. And as I investigated further, I realized that there were a lot of um, small boutique clothing brands. And I came up with this idea of aggregating all of these boutique brands into a one-stop shop or a one-stop um, online store so that we could introduce all these brands to other moms and other parents and, and grandparents. And, and that's basically, you know, where the idea came from. It's so cool. So you did want to create something unique that you didn't see exist. You obviously liked these boutique stores and the clothing lines and wanted to support them because you liked maybe dressing your kids and things that not everyone was in, it sounds like, because I think that can be, you know, the challenge sometimes when they're little and you want to get them some outfits that are kind of cute and a little different um, and that are a little more fashion forward, if you will. Um, But yeah, so I'm just curious then though. So you were in the world of investment banking. You were not an entrepreneur. Um, starting up an online business is a huge undertaking. And then you also had to talk to uh, these boutiques and and see if they'd be interesting. So take us into those early days of your company of just getting started. Like, how did how did that go? Like, you know, what were some of your first steps? Right, I. I basically dove right into it. Once I had settled upon the desire to start my own business and settling in in on kids' clothes and and filling this need that I saw in the marketplace, um, I decided, um, you know, I am going to reach out to my favorite brands. We started out with a dozen brands, and I'm just going to reach out and cold call and see what the reception is. So I called, you know, some of my favorite brands and, and gave them my pitch and, and, and explained, you know, what I want to do. And at that time, um, the, the online kids clothing space was still very small. It's still very fragmented, um, but it's growing so quickly. Um, and so they were very receptive to my idea, to my business idea, and they were really excited. And I think that, um, you know, given the level of care that they saw that I was going to put into this business and the commitment um, and the investment that they were willing to 
um, to to partner with me on this in, on this um, in this business. And so that's that's where I started. Um, but you know, I don't have a retail background. My background mm-hmm. is a, um, a a business background. I studied. Um, you know, at the University of Pennsylvania, I studied economics, and then my first job was um, on Wall Street in investment banking. And so I'm very familiar corporate banking. So I'm very familiar with dealing with you know big companies, um, institutional investors, and so very familiar with how to look at a business, how to dissect a business, how to model a business, um, run evaluation. So very comfortable with all the numbers and the metrics used to measure a business that way. Um, and then the fashion side was really all me. That comes from my love of clothes and fashion and looking at, you know, uh, new design and, and looking at it as art. And so that's, that's just a personal passion of mine. And, and um, Mini Ruby was just a great way to put those together. Yeah, completely. And so how many years ago did you launch your company then? Five years ago. Okay, so it's been five years. And so oh. in those early days, was it just you or, you know, who did you bring on your team? Because yeah. you had to build out a website. Like you said, you knew nothing about actual retail. So what, what did that look like? It was just me. I started out of my house. Um, we used one of our rooms in our house and I, I had a desk and I had my computer. Um, I had, I had my inventory in my house with boxes and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I designed all my packaging. I, I visited a lot of um, stationary stores to, to come up with the best packaging that I could find. Um, I actually was an expat in Japan for five years while I was working in banking and learned um, and got a lot of inspiration from um, some of the packaging mm. and, and wrapping in Japan, which is just beautiful mm. and sort of, um, um, you know, took that and added my own style and flair and, and, um, and and off we went. Um, so yeah, so I started out my ho- out of my house with twelve brands, and that was our office and our warehouse. And um, I added a few staff over the years, and then finally we outgrew my house and my mm-hmm. space. And the business was growing so quickly, we just couldn't keep up with it anymore. Um, I was running boxes to the post office. I was okay. running boxes to the UPS store. People would place overnight orders at like you know six p.m. and they'd have to get to California. Um, so it became, you know, a bit of a stretch to keep running it out of our house. And so we finally got this space, um, outside of Boston and it's, it's, it's great. It's great. So, so this is actually interesting because I forgot about the whole actually shipping out and packaging. So this wasn't just an online store where, you know, uh, some of it is the retailers are shipping out. You are, or or the actual designers, you are actually keeping inventory. So how did you manage all of that? Like, that's actually a big deal, figuring out, you know, how many pieces and what sizes. And I can imagine that room had a lot going on in there with the boxes and everything else too. So tell us more about that. That's really interesting. You know, it's a different model. So retail is a very big industry. It's a very big business. And there are a lot of different models for retail. Our model is we actually have the inventory, and and I want it that way. I want the inventory. I want to pack it. Um, I want to make sure it's it's steamed. I want to make sure it's you know it looks professional when it goes out to the customer, um, and the, when the customer receives it, you know it's something special. I mean, these are kids' clothes. Um, it's, it's 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 even more special 
um, when it comes for your kids as, as you know, for me, it's, it's very special when it comes for my kids, as opposed to when I'm ordering something for myself. Mm. So I just want the customer to feel that it's very special, very special, especially with grandmothers. They, you know, we love our grandmothers who, who call us and talk to, talk to us about, you know, their grandkids and, and what recommendations we might have for them. It's just all very special. And so we wanted our packaging to reflect that. Um, and so, yeah. And so in our warehouse, we, we have our inventory and, and we have, um, I've, you know, put in place certain steps that we, that we take in order to pick and pack uh, an order. And and when it goes out and everything is checked twice, thrice, um, Mm. because perfectionists and, um, you know, we just like to have very tight control on our product and what we're sending out to our customer. Um, because we're very specific on how how we want that delivered. Yeah, I'm just thinking about all the logistics, and I can hear your passion and your level of you know focusing on every little detail to create a a really ple- like a really lovely client the customer experience. So the people who are getting it right. are feeling the love that's in this brand. You know how you're packaging it all up and sending it out with such care. I mean, even saying steaming the clothes. I mean, I order things from Nordstrom. I'm sure nobody's steaming <laughs> steaming whatever's showing up at my house. You know, things are just coming and going. So, you know, well, then, we're not steaming everything. But okay, um, well, still the fact that you mentioned that I thought was kind of cool. But also, um, you know, then you have returns and stuff too. So why did you decide online versus actually having a little boutique, for example? Because now I'm thinking, oh, you know, you know, why online versus having your own store? Yeah, so we wanted to um, build an online business because we wanted wanted it to be scalable. Um, and with a brick and mortar, it's a little hard to scale. Um, and, um, you know, we see a lot of volume. We've had tremendous growth since inception. Um, and we're trying to keep up with our demand. Um, we're trying to hire more staff. Um, we're, we're working on technology and tools in the back end. Um, to hopefully streamline our processes. And we're also looking at trying to um, tighten up our, our relationships with our vendors and manufacturers to make sure um, we have product when, um, when we sell out. Um, so, yeah, the, the online retail business model um, is, is there's a shift from brick and mortar to online. And um, a lot of this, that is happening in, in the broader retail market. You see that with Barney's. So Barney's declared bankruptcy. Um, you know, I know what you know what I read. They their rent, um, their landlord raised the rent, which basically caused them um, to go into bankruptcy. And then they were they were looking for a buyer. Um, and I think that you know people have been trying to understand why Barney's you know ran into bankruptcy. And you know part of it is is the real estate cost of the brick and mortar. Um, and it's also the shift. Um, from brick and mortar shopping to online shopping. And I think that sometimes, you know, it's hard to, to shift gear so quickly, especially if you have, um, you know, a big store um, and a lot of infrastructure dedicated to a certain business model. Um, and then overnight, you know, not overnight, but, but steadily um, over the past decade or so, it's been shifting to online. And so, you know, it's, it's hard. And, um, and I think that 
sometimes companies can, you know, get behind the times and, and it's hard to keep up with online shopping. So we feel that online shopping is really um, the wave of the future and hopefully we're setting up our business to, to capture that growth. Yeah, I think that was really insightful of you to know that from the beginning. Did you actually do a business plan or did you just launch? I did. Um, it was after the fact. It wasn't too detailed, um, but the first thing I did was to basically... I sent myself an email, to be quite honest, mm. um, and, and I, I do a lot of that. I take notes. I make lists for myself um, through email. I just send myself an email, um, and quite honestly, I leave it unread until until it's done. Um, and so that was sitting in my inbox for a while, you know, kids' clothing, um, you know, online business. Um, and then after I formulated that and then, um, you know, we talked about it, then I actually started to do some research about the market opportunity, the market size of the kids' clothing market, which is something like $60 billion, mm. which is huge. Um, wow. And then who are, the, who are the other players? Are there any other main players? Who's the kids' clothing market space dominated by? Mm. Um, and again, it's the national brands. It's, it, it was big box retailers. Um, and a lot of people weren't really paying attention to it. And mm. so that was, that was one of the keys for us. Yeah, it's super smart. And how did you start growing? Was it word of mouth in the beginning or were you advertising? Like, how did you grow it so much in five years? Um, so we were advertising um, on Google mm. um, and um, I was basically telling my friends and um, a couple of really, really great dear friends um, had trunk shows for me, um, oh, cool. neighbors, and these are just wonderful people who really were interested in helping me. And so that got the ball rolling. And once people started to visit um, the website, you know, there's there's all this technical background about Google and um, sort of the number of sessions and hits you get and, and all that good stuff. Um, but yeah, so once we started to get people to, to look at the website and to start, um, you know, noticing it, um, things started to happen. I remember when I got my first order, it was, it was so exciting. It was mm. for a pair of leggings. Um, and it was 1130 at night and I was at the computer, um, ticking away and all of a sudden we get this order. I Aww. ran upstairs to my husband's room and I was like, oh my gosh, we just got our first order. And it was, it was so gratifying and so exciting. Uh, I wanted um, to ask you about that. I'm glad you just shared that because I was trying to picture that what that first sale must have been like when you, you know, somebody found the site. It wasn't, you know, through a friend's living room, which is obviously a smart nope. way to start marketing, but yeah. somebody found you and they made a purchase. And maybe it was one of those women who had been there, but they wanted to come back for more. So um, that's really gratifying. So that's very sweet. So it's uh, a pair of leggings and then off they went. Right. They went. And she became a repeat customer and, and yeah, and we're, we're so thankful and so grateful for that first customer. Oh, I love that story. That's so special. Um, so it's interesting because you didn't get back into investment banking, but a startup life and based on what you've created is a huge commitment. So it was clear that your kids were a priority. You wanted a different kind of lifestyle. You wanted to be home, but you also wanted something for yourself. So how have you managed to create, I hate that work-life balance model. Like, I don't know that that exists. So what does that look like to you, for you though? Like, how do you manage parenting in the yeah. way that you clearly want to parent? Cause it's clear that your kids are a huge priority, obviously. And then also grow this business with this big dream and vision you have for it. How are you doing that? 
So you did ask me earlier why I didn't open up a brick and mortar. And in fact, part of the reason why I wanted to start online and out of my house was so that I could have the flexibility to be with my kids and Mm -hmm. to be at their school and to pick them up and, and do all that good stuff with my kids. So that was, that was definitely a big part of it. So, um, you know, it's, it's tough. Um, you know, we just, we just figure it out. Basically work-life balance means a lot of things to a lot of different people. My Mm -hmm. sort of perception of balance is very different from, from somebody else's. Um, I will tell you that um, we are, this business, I wish there was more time in the day. I wish I had more time to do work, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that when I was in investment banking. I wish there was more time to do all the things that we want to do. Um, there are so many ideas that we want to to put in place. Um, they require significant amounts of investment, mm-hmm. significant sort of technological investment, and sort of ideas um, about, you know, the, the online business is, is changing quickly. And so we want to be in front of that. And so there, there are a lot of things that we want to be doing, but there just aren't enough, you know, hours in the day. Um, but my kids are my priority. My family is my priority and I want to be there for them. The great thing about, um, this business is, you know, it's my business. And quite frankly, I'm, I, you know, I sort of, you know, I have the flexibility to, you know, take a morning off to go speak with a teacher and then come back and work. Um, and I can make that up at night, which is what I do every day, seven days a week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I'm with my kids as much as I can. They're in school right now, um, but I will be there for them after school. We will do homework together. They play guitar. And so, you know, I'll listen to them play guitar. We have dinner. Then we usually do games or board games or card games together as a family at night. And then it's, you know, bed and bath time routine, which is mm. fun and exciting and frustrating at the same time. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then after everyone's off to bed, I'm on the computer for another three to four hours. Mm. So, you know, it's um, quite frankly, lately, I've been thinking about whether I'm getting enough sleep. Yeah, I was just going to ask <laughs> um, you what it sounds like you're getting to bed after midnight or one o'clock. Oh, yeah. Say, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I have to ask, so where did the name come from? It's always fun to know, you know, where did the name Mini oh. Ruby come from? It's a pretty name. Yeah. yeah, Mini Ruby. It's it's it. Ruby is one of my daughter's uh, birthstones. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. That's yeah. so cute. Okay, Mini Ruby. I, I was wondering <laughs> if there was a connection to one of your kids. Okay, that's super sweet. Um, and did you self-fund or did you look for outside investors or did you do it on your own? Yeah, this we're completely self-funded, privately owned, um, and it's it's something that we talk about and we consider um, all the time, and lately more so. Um, In the beginning, we just wanted to see how it went. I I, honestly, honestly, again, I didn't have a retail background, I had a business background, but I wasn't sure how this was going to go. So for the first couple of seasons, we didn't throw a ton of money into this. We just wanted to see whether there were any buyers and whether we could actually get the inventory from Mm. the manufacturer to the customer in a seamless way. Mm. Um, So it was sort of an experimental sort of test period for us. Um, And now we're at that point where we're looking at our future growth trajectory and what we've been able to achieve for the past five years. Um, And it's, it's on, it's on track and, you know, we wonder, we wonder, we see, you know, sort of other folks out there raising money for this, for, you know, for that. And, and we do ask ourselves, are we ready to take on um, venture capital or private equity money? 
Um, and we do think about that, but we do like the control that we have yeah. over our business and we think we're, we're doing a great job and, and our customers call us and, um, I mean, repeat customers, that's, that's really the validation that, that we're mm-hmm. looking for. For sure. Um, but then we do, yeah. But then we do get people who call us, who write reviews, um, telling us how, how happy they are with the service. Um, and, and so, yeah, so, you know, if, if, when, when it comes time to sort of, you know, take this to, to the next level, we will, we will start to consider those, those discussions. Yeah, no, this is exciting. And, you know, the truth is it's an entrepreneurial journey. Like you said, you kind of jumped in and said, okay, let's see where this goes. Let's see if we get traction. Let's see, you know, how it all plays out. And then, you know, you're just taking it as it goes. Now, there are going to be women who are listening who've had an idea burning in their heart for a while. They've had a concept and they think, gosh, I would love to do what Susie did. The flip side of that, and I think that's why it's important for people to hear, like, you're not sleeping, which I we should talk about that after the call. <laughs> <I'm> just <joking. laughs> I just gave a I've talk. I've been reading on... a lot of articles about this. <laughs> that's so funny. I just gave a talk to seven figure female CEOs on the importance of self care, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, sleep is a huge piece of that, but, but, um, but it's just a reality. And I can't say that I don't have the computer on my lap every night because I do once my daughter goes to bed as well. Absolutely early stage stuff requires a lot of, a lot of time and, you know, hard work and a lot of heart. So um, what do you think though, is the mindset a woman needs to be successful to get out there, you know, um, and really give it her all? Like what, what's the mindset? I think you have to have a can-do attitude. I think that if you really believe in yourself and think that um, you're smart enough and you're capable enough and then you can do it, you should absolutely go for it. That was sort of our family motto growing up, which, mm-hmm. which was, you know, to have a can-do attitude. And, and, and I think it's helped me along the way. Um, so if somebody has that, that, that burning desire to uh, fulfill a need or they see a need in the marketplace or they see a need in society, um, whether it's for profit or not for profit, mm-hmm. um, and you feel like you have a particular passion, then I absolutely encourage you to sit down and formulate your vision. And, you know, if that's something that you want to do, I say go for it. I love that. And I'm actually glad you mentioned, uh, you know, you can do charitable work. You may see a need and just want to give back. And that's so hugely satisfying and it serves and it also, you know, fills your own cup as well. So yeah. I love that. Um, I'm curious, your kids, what what are they seeing with mom? Are they aware because you're so present to them of just how much you're doing and what you're growing? I know they're little, so. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I hope that, you know, part of, part of what drives me every day is that I can be a good role model yes. um, and mentor for my kids as my own parents were for me. Mm. Um, so that, you know, I, I certainly think about that. Um, they're seven and nine, so <laughs> I don't know exactly how much of this business they, they really get. They understand. They certainly love the clothes that they get from Mini Ruby. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice little uh, perk, right? <laughs> um, yeah. But they come to the office and warehouse. I'm, I'm five minutes from their school. So they come after school and they hang out and they see us all working. Um, they see us coding. And so, I don't know, perhaps there's something there that, will, that, that they will grow up with and, and um, that they will have. I think it's beautiful modeling. I think it's excellent. So, um, okay. So, Susie, how do you define success? 
success, you know, I guess, again, that's also a subjective question. And it, my definition of success could be very different from somebody else's. But um, when I feel like I've accomplished something, um, when I feel like I've given something back to society or back to my community, um, I feel I feel good about myself. I feel like, you know, I've succeeded in in that accomplishment or that goal that I had for myself. Um, getting into college made me feel hugely successful. It's a good college. I got in and it made me feel successful. I landed my first job, you know, amongst a sea of very competitive folks. I felt very successful. So, you know, when I think about, you know, how I define success for myself, it's, it's when I've achieved and accomplished those goals that I've set out for myself and my family feels proud of me, my kids feel proud of me, my husband feels proud of me, and ultimately I feel proud of myself. That's so great. Um, so, yeah. Um, and do you have a morning routine that fosters your success? Anything you're doing on a daily basis to help you? So morning routine, morning routine in our house is an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> because it's chaotic. Every day is different. Yeah. Um, but that's our routine. It's our chaotic, you know, mornings, um, <laughs> getting the kids breakfast and dressed and, you know, socks matching and out the door and um, to a bus that's been waiting there for two minutes, mm-hmm. waiting for us to get out the door. Um, but yeah, so once, you know, once the kids get on the bus, I, you know, try to exercise a little bit and then come back and I read the paper um, have my coffee, answer emails, and then I head to the office around eight thirty nine. That's great, and it's good to hear the realness of that. It's like, you know, this curated <sighs> life people are seeing on social no, that it's like that's no. not real. Let's get real, everyone. <laughs> Life's yeah. a little messy, um, and we're doing our best. But um, you're <laughs> doing what's in your heart to do, which is what's yeah. most important. Before we wrap up with the final question, I did also want to ask you, what's your vision for Mini Ruby? Where do you want to see it in the next five, 10 years? Yeah, we really want to grow Mini Ruby. We really feel like we have created something very, very special, um, and we want to reach um, a bigger part of the market. We feel like the kids' clothing market is still in its infancy, um, but we're at a turning point, and I think that there's tremendous growth. As I said before, the total dressable market is something like $60 billion. Um, and there are just a handful of these businesses trying to get the attention of, of parents and grandparents out there to buy um, wonderful, high-quality, um, beautiful kids' clothes. Um, and so our, our growth, our, our vision is to um, basically try to capture uh, market share and try to provide um, an unparalleled level of uh, customer service along with um, the widest and and best selection of kids' clothing online. That's great. Um, And so can you leave the women listening with your three best tips for living a good life? Sure. Um, First, I would suggest find your inspiration and set goals for yourself. Um, Second, keep checklists and stay organized. Stay in front of your schedules. Um, so that you don't feel behind and that you're always playing catch up. And lastly, try not to dwell on the past um, because things that happened in the past, um, those are some costs and just, you know, try to look to the future. 
Thank you, Susie. This has been such a fun conversation and I love what you're doing and I wish you continued success. The women listening who are interested in learning more about you and Minnie Ruby, where can I direct them? Thank you, Michelle. I had so much fun talking to you. And in fact, it was um, sort of uh, rejuvenative for myself. So thank you very much. Um, (laughs) I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. So please visit miniruby.com and you can also find us on social media on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And uh, we encourage you to try us. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Thank you for listening. uh, Thank you. And is it at miniruby on all the social? It's at miniruby.cc and um, at miniruby.contemporary on Facebook. On Facebook. Okay. I'll link those up in the show notes. So thanks again, Susie, for your time. And I wish you the best in your future with the company. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Michelle. I really hope that you enjoyed today's interview with Susie and learned some information that could help you in your entrepreneurial journey, or for those of you who just like hearing the stories that you enjoyed today's conversation. All of the show notes can be found over at thegoodlifecoach.com forward slash 056 for today. And next week, actually, we're changing gears a bit. I've got on Dr. Carla Brown, who has her PhD in microbiology and started a gaming company to teach children about bacteria and specifically about antibiotic resistance, which is her area of study. It became a very interesting and even fun conversation, and I know you're going to love it. So thanks again for tuning in, and I look forward to reconnecting next Wednesday. Bye for now.